I remember times when I had to take baths with bottled waters. I had to mm. um, do my homework on the candlelight because the lights were off. Cause couldn't afford to pay the light bill. Uh, there was times when running from the repo man where, you know, we parked our car down the street because we couldn't afford to pay our car note, but we also couldn't afford to uh, lose our only form of transportation. So we would walk home blocks and uh, leave our car uh, by someone else's house. And uh, I couldn't control those things as a young kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember at our very lowest uh, being homeless, living out of a motel, you know, being, um, you know, me and my, my parents and my brothers in this motel. And it's room 108, as I always talk about when I share my story. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome to the Darren Woodson Show. Uh, if you see, we're not physically light because uh, our guest stepped in and, and is still way more swole than our uh, yeah, normal right. normal host that sits in this chair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but we are uh, a little bit light today without Darren. But um, it's good for everyone that's listening because uh, it's going to be a better show because of it for sure. Uh, but today, hey, really really pumped about this one. This is a this is a good friend. Um, our guest today and I were teammates in Houston, uh, is where we first connected. And then, uh, he moved to, uh, to the Dallas area. Gosh, just right after retirement, before retirement, right? Uh, after it was after. Okay. But, uh, but then we, we've connected through ministries together and man, we've just been running the same circles and and is a, is a great friend and really excited and has one of the most exceptional stories out there. And we talk about this show, we talk about, you know, the encouragement, we talk about the resilience, talk about all the things that it takes to maximize this one opportunity that we've been given to live this life. This is the example. Our guest today has, uh, has recognized a calling and a gift that he's been given from God and, and has taken full advantage in every opportunity. Cause if you walk by him on the street outside of his massive biceps, <laughs> you'd be like, there's no way this dude is a pro bowl running back. No, no dude, that's not right. Why, why is he talking trash like that? Dude? I use, I use his lines by the way. It's <laughs> <laughs> my fullback. That's right. But this is my guy. We got Justin Forsett, Pro Bowl running back, nine, mm-hmm. nine, year, nine years in the league. And uh, you all would know him in Seattle, had some time in Houston. If you remember that Thanksgiving game against Detroit, the, the uh, invisible elbow yeah, on the yeah. turf. Uh, but, but then his time in Baltimore and absolutely crushed it up there. And, and had some adversity there that we'll talk about as well, just from injuries and, and battling back. And, man, his football, his football journey has been amazing. His career post-football, man, you talk about the entrepreneur lifestyle, the things that we're going to talk about there. But, again, what I really, really am excited for you all to hear is, is what led him to those points. The journey uh, there, the commitment, his faith, the, the man he is, the husband he is, the father that he is, the friend that he is, man. It's, it, I'm really excited. What, what, what's going through your head when you sit here and listen to something like that? I mean, I don't pay him anything, so <laughs> this is really good to hear that he's, you know, saying these kind words to me today because usually I don't get that. Uh, <laughs> but Justin Forsett, man, thanks for joining us. Oh, brother. thank you. Thank you, man. Pleasure being here. Uh, always love the opportunity to share and encourage and inspire. Anyway. All right. Now I'm going to humble you, but how does it feel to be the 176th 
guest that we've had on this show. Yeah. As close as we are. We were, we were talking, <laughs> I was just talking about that, you know, before we came on. It's like, man, it took this long for me to get on here. So somebody must have canceled last minute. And, uh, I was the fill-in. I was like, the, I was always on backup. Always yeah. the fallback. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. the just in case. Right. I got a guy. Always the backup homecoming date, <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> but man, we're really excited. Uh, so Justin, let's let's start at the beginning. We really like to to set the stage for for the things that you've done on a really big scale. But let's set the stage. Where you where you grew up because your humble beginnings with your family in Florida and then some time in Dallas. Walk us through that journey and and then you know how it got to where we're at today. Yeah, man. Uh, start off uh, very humble beginnings. Small town living. Grew up in uh, a, a town that was known for phosphate mining. Uh, so you graduate high school, you go right into the mining industry. Uh, everybody knows everyone's business. It is a two light traffic town, uh, one main highway that uh, uh, ran through the city, and uh, yeah, country life. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew up in a you know financially unstable home with you know, both parents in the home. Uh, I was a middle child uh, with two two other brothers, a younger and older brother, and uh, just just fighting uh, for everything that we had. Uh, never owned anything. Bounced from place to place. Uh, never owned a home. Uh, I remember times when I had to take baths with bottled waters. I had to mm. um, do my homework on the candlelight because the lights were off. Cause couldn't afford to pay the light bill. Uh, there was times when running from the repo man where, you know, we parked our car down the street because we couldn't afford to pay our car note, but we also couldn't afford to uh, lose our only form of transportation. So we would walk home blocks and uh, leave our car uh, by someone else's house and, uh, I couldn't control those things as a young kid. Mm-hmm. And I remember at our very lowest uh, being homeless, living out of a motel, you know, being, um, you know, me and my, my parents and my brothers in this motel. And this room 108, as I always talk about when I share my story, mm-hmm. uh, going into this room in this motel at the edge of town, blue, green, vomit-looking carpet, two full-size beds to fit all five of us, a large window that overlooked that main highway I talked about earlier uh, that ran through our city and, and begging and pleading my dad to, to park our car in the back because even as a 12-year-old, I didn't, I didn't want my classmates to see me in this condition. I didn't want to have to do any ex, extra explanations on why we were in this situation. So uh, at, that point, at that point, I made a declaration to myself that I wasn't going to allow that moment to define me but refine me and push me closer to my dream and the goals that I had in my life and I was determined not to allow my kids my future kids at that time uh to deal with the certain those same things that I was dealing with as uh you know that uh that 12 year old 13 year old kid so uh Saw a guy named Barry Sanders one day on, NFL, <laughs> you know, on TV. Never heard of him. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's sort of a big deal. You should check him out. He, uh, I, I saw him on a, you know, playing uh, one Sunday afternoon with the uh, Detroit Lions on a terrible team. But he was this short guy like myself that I could relate to, um, you know, dipping and dashing through defenses. He was electrifying the crowds and the stadiums that he was in. And he looked like he was having a lot of fun. And I was like, okay, that's going to be my way out. That's going to be my avenue. And uh, so my mom would always quote the verse uh, out of James, faith without works is dead. So I knew I had extreme faith. I knew I believe that God gave me certain gifts and abilities. And uh, I knew if I trusted him that uh, anything that I wanted to go after, I could have if he saw fit. So uh, I put in the time to work. But as soon as I stepped on the field, it was everyone telling me my limitations. So he's too short. He's too small. He, you know. 
it's not big enough, all these things. And that thing followed me all the way from Pop Warner to middle school to high school and uh, got to high school my, my freshman year and uh, had some success there. My sophomore, freshman, sophomore year, and then my parents, we uprooted. Uh, my dad got into, uh, he was in ministry. It was an opportunity for him to join the Potter's House staff here in Dallas with mm-hmm. uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes. And uh, so we picked up a Buddha family out here. I went to a small private school, and as soon as I touched down, I would hear those same criticisms I heard my entire mm-hmm. life. He's too short, too small, especially here in Texas. Yeah, I was uh, going to say, yeah, Florida. Florida's good, a good football yeah, yeah. state, great football state. Mm-hmm. A lot of, lot of good players come out of Athletes, there. but. Yeah. but Texas, right? Yeah. Texas, that I mean, live, live, and breathe it. But back up real quick. Like, was football before you saw Barry Sanders? Was football already like, oh, hey, this is what I love doing. I have fun doing it. Or was seeing him is that what kind of pushed you towards the sport? Well, I always loved like playing football, but I, I just love sports. Period. Because yeah. I grew up in the day where you know wasn't a ton of video games, yeah. right? It was, you know, we had, you know, there was things out there we couldn't afford, right. uh, uh, those things, but we were playing outside, yeah. you know, in Florida, and, you know, 12 o'clock, one, 1 o'clock in the afternoon, you're outside, kids are out there playing basketball, we're playing football on the concrete, in the roads, in the streets, in the grass, pick them up, bust them up is what we called it, and uh, so we're playing those types of games, and I just knew, like, you know, I had a knack and I had yeah. a, a gift at an early age that I could I could play this thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. seeing a guy like that was kind of validation for me. Nice. Okay, so you come to Dallas mm-hmm. uh, and walk, yeah, walk us through that. So where'd you go to school in Dallas and kind of the, the, the background around that? So, sorry, can we back up just a second? Because oh, yeah. you talked about your, you know, you being embarrassed about, you know, being in the, the motel room. Mm-hmm. What was your concept of, rea- like, what – Obviously, you knew that you guys didn't have as much as others, but how did you how did you handle that as a kid? What were your thoughts about that? What, what was just going through your mind during that whole process? Yeah, um, I mean, my parents did a really good job. You know, this was a you know a really uh, down season, even you know beyond the the normal adversity that we had faced, and just hit hard times, and we had to be in this situation for you know uh, a temporary time, and. Uh, uh, always strong faith. My dad, I'm a pastor's kid, preacher kid, and uh, so the faith was there, knowing that like, okay, God is in control, and we you know uh, we're gonna make it out of this, and you know there are gonna be brighter days ahead. So that was kind of the, the mindset. I, I mean, I was in tune and tapped into my faith mm-hmm. very early age, so yeah. I felt that you know even in the midst of adversity and sh- and struggle and trial, that uh, you know God can make a way, and you know He's with us every step yeah. of the way. So. Mm-hmm. You know what's cool about that is is you talk about faith. I mean, there's no evidence, you know, physical evidence that hey, we are going to make it out of this. Yeah. It was it was faith. You guys were living by faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That whole time. Yeah, I mean, and you know, having faith is not like at absence of just like struggle or mm-hmm. an absence of even uh, worry at times, but it's just knowing that at the end of it all, like there's a bigger plan and like, mm-hmm. uh, God has a purpose for it all. So mm-hmm. that's good. That's man. awesome. Yeah. But at that age. Did you know different? I mean, because, or it is like, hey, this is this is just kind of how it is. You know, I know you mentioned that. Hey, look, I don't want I don't want to explain to my friends. Yeah. So you had the awareness of it, but like, sure. it was it was it something that was like, hey, look, I mean, this is just this is life. This is kind of normal. You know, like we talk about with Darren. Mm-hmm. Darren grew up. He's like, dude, this is it. Like, yeah. you grow up and look. If water gets shut off, I gotta go across the street and I gotta shower with the hose behind the quickie mart. Yeah, I mean, for us, it was, I mean, it was a, a bit of a difference for us because it was, it, it could, 
it was out there, right? It was yeah. all those other things that, you know, we can handle behind the scenes and go yeah. family, mm-hmm. get what we need if we didn't have enough groceries and yeah. things like that. But this was something that was more like, okay, you're living out of a motel for, yeah. you know, okay. an you know, extended period of time and people are passing by and you're just like, now I may have to explain, mm-hmm. you know, why I'm here instead of like, yeah. if there, you know, other issues I could just kind of hide. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So you guys moved to Dallas, your dad. Had an opportunity. Did financial stability come with with the move? Did, did those things improve? Um, nah. I, I mean, it got better for mm-hmm. sure, but it wasn't like we hit the sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was definitely a better opportunity for it. my daddy. Ended up, you know, he was helping us coach coaching at the school that uh, that I was at as well. Uh, he was still doing a lot of catering because when I was in uh, Florida, we had a barbecue business at a, mm. a restaurant. So it was entrepreneurs and. Mm. Uh, my parents were so uh, moved that out here. Had some opportunities, some gigs, so uh, that was good. And uh, just for us, instead of you know looking at maybe graduating, going to phosphate mining, or working at Publix grocery store that was headquartered <laughs> in the neighboring city, um, you know, it really looked like there's a future for yeah. you know my brothers and I. And it's like okay, we can go out to the, get to the next level because mm-hmm. we saw people for the first time really going after their dreams and like they could go to college and Mm -hmm. have opportunities. Isn't that so interesting? Just the change of perspective when, when it's, you see that it's possible, Mm -hmm. right? That's, that's Mm -hmm. a big problem is, you know, kids from inner city or or from, you know, lower income areas, a big problem is they don't see opportunity. They don't see examples of people that, that have made it. So it's interesting that you say that you were now able to, to, to visualize a future. And and I I had my, I, I had an uncle, that was kind of, uh, you know, my, my role model growing up. And it was my mom's uh, brother that he was the first person I saw go to college. Oh, and he had a full-ride scholarship to Rutgers University. That was the first place, uh, I, our first college I ever visited uh, growing up. And uh, having that there was also great inspiration. It was like, okay, yeah. like, if he can make it out. Yeah, that's know, a family member. That's, that's a family that's member. That's somebody that's close. Somebody close that, yeah. you know, an, an, an uncle that... I seen him work. I put it. He put in time. Like he had a he had a Nintendo in his room, and he had a bench, uh, a curl bar, and he had a a bench uh, seat and uh, the bar where you could work out. So uh-huh. I would follow him as much as I could. Oh, that's awesome. And do so. So I said I had an example there that close, but on a broader scale, like mm-hmm. seeing like okay, this is like the way of life. People go and then they go mm-hmm. to college, and yeah. you know they try to go chase their dreams. So what was your what was your relationship with hard work at that point? Um, the grind because you, you're you're one of the most disciplined guys that I've been around as far as hey just doing things right hey you're you, you're in the weight room I'm in the meeting room I'm doing all the things that I need to do to take care of myself and my body so what was your relationship early on was it your uncle seeing that like mm-hmm. the physical hard work of it um, where did that come from for you oh man it was definitely it was definitely my my family mm-hmm. uh, my uncle. Uh, for sure, Uncle Kevin was a big part of that. Seeing him work and run miles instead of you know you know uh, taking the car to the grocery store, he would run uh, you know into the in, into the t- in the town. It was a lot. I'm of just miles. thinking logistically. I'm just thinking <laughs> logistically. How do you get those groceries home? Like well, you can't you know, buy much. You don't so, buy much. So so if he's going there tonight, maybe get a Gatorade. It was just like a, a stop for him. Got it. Home. Okay. So, okay. Uh, uh, but it was awesome. It was awesome to see that. And then my parents, like, I watched them. Like, whether it's the restaurant, my mom working in a blood bank. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really stay with my parents like that growing up because they were working so hard. So, yeah. like, this was at a time when, you know, you could be 
at 12 years old, 10 years old, you can be left alone at home and yeah. nobody's yeah. going to call yeah. anybody. Like what do they call it? What do they call it? Latchkey latch latch kids. Yeah. 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 That was, I mean, but that was us. I mean, that was not that big of a deal. Yeah. It was like, all right, walk home from school. And yeah. then when we get home from work, then we'll, see you there. we'll, we'll make dinner. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll yeah. leave you in the car. Like yeah. We're going in. Like, yeah. can't, leave, can't leave a kid in the car <laughs> oh, right now. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 you filled up gas and your kids were in the car? What? Exactly. So, uh, yeah, that uh, that was kind of the, like, my I stayed with my grandparent, my, my aunt and my grandma were people that kind of took care of me when my parents were out working. So I Got saw it. that display of just, like, work ethic and discipline. What did your parents say about, uh, I'm trying to find the way to phrase this, like, blame, like, responsibility. Like, did they blame other people for their situation? Did, what, what was their relationship with with that it was like no excuses in in our house you know we, i mean we didn't know any better it was just like you know at that time you know uh they were working and this this is what we had mm-hmm. we made the most of what we had and it wasn't you know any excuses of you know any outside factors i'm, I'm sure there were mm-hmm. uh at times but yeah absolutely got it done yeah. that's awesome okay so so in dallas and you're in arlington right mm-hmm. is that arlington right? grace Pro. yep yep so uh so you're going to school there you said the naysayers, right? You said, hey, he's too small. He's too this. Um, you come here, and what was what was the experience like playing, starting with Texas football? Yeah, it was much of the same when I came off the plane because I'm not wowing people, you know, when I come off of a bus, you know, for the most part. Uh, but uh, I mean, except for, I mean, say, it. I mean, I mean, he's like, dang, that's a good-looking dude, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was always freakishly good-looking. So that, that's, I was that's, stealing that's, him up yeah, for that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but – my coach at the time, my head coach, he was actually trying to get me to move to receiver. Like he wanted me to be a slot receiver. Mm-hmm. Thought I'd be a good fit there, and uh, just from the size and speed and quickness, things like that. But I was just like, nah, I'm I'm gonna run it back through and through. I'm gonna tote that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna tote the tater. You know. <laughs> so, uh, but it, it ended up I did well early on. Mm-hmm. Um, had success. I mean, back to back state championships. Mm-hmm. Uh, my what what years. division were they in when you played? Do you remember? Taps. It was. Oh, you were at ta- the tap. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So private. Yeah. Uh, yep. Private school league, and uh, we were four A. I want to say. How okay. many kids are we talking in the school at the time? I'll just say my graduating class was sixty. Sixty people. Okay. 60 people. okay. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of smaller, but that's pretty small. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, any any smaller, you're probably playing six man. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. So, okay, so Walker, so that was your junior, senior year, right? Mm-hmm. You were here. Okay, so after your junior, typically, like, the big recruiting starts your junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, was there any interest coming out of your junior year, conversations you were having with teams? Um, there were a few because uh, we were doing well as a yeah. team. And then we had a number four receiver in the country. Uh, Lance was a guy that came uh, with me to Texas. Okay. Uh, I was uh, uh, one of my best friends. And then – our quarterback was ranked 25 in the country or somewhere around there. Okay. So they were bringing in scouts. Got it. But they were looking at them mm-hmm. and not necessarily, you know, me. So they would give me some, you know, like, yeah. oh, yeah, we'll check him out. We'll look at him. He looks okay. That was, you go to the weight room and you're on the, the college mailer list, right? Hey, yeah, how, many exactly. letter, how many letters you get today? Yeah. Hey, just a stock letter. With, exactly. Unless your name was handwritten on the front, it didn't mean anything, no, right? Exactly. I got yeah. a lot of those. Yes. A lot of those. Yeah. Washington was really good at sending letters out. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a, uh, so I mean, no one was really uh, looking at me. I mean, I was wow. two star recruit coming out. I went to all of the camps my junior year. I went to Texas. I went to Florida. I went to A and M, TCU. 
Um, nothing would stick. Uh, then I got some interest in like people like San Jose State. They didn't offer. Then I got interest from UConn. They actually offered and then took it back mm. um, after my visit. So I, I bastards. I don't know. They, <laughs> Dang. It was just something I said. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened. I actually ended up uh, meeting the coach again uh, while playing in the league in my last oh, year. Oh, that and, felt uh, good. I Randy Edsel yeah. uh, from UConn. But, uh, but yeah, I didn't have any scholarships. After my senior year, I went to the All-Star Games, Private League All-Star Game at Jesuit, uh, right down the street uh, from here. And uh, I can't remember the name of the coach uh, there, but he was just like, man, you're not going anywhere. This is crazy. Let me put some calls in. So This was your All-Star coach. This wasn't even your high school no, coach. No, this was my All-Star. Yeah, this was my All-Star team coach. Yeah. Wow. Now, we sent out tape to everywhere yeah. because, I mean, we had access to, to schools because yeah. of my, the two players that we had in the success. But yeah, he was just like, man, we got to get you, got to get you somewhere. So, so what's your mindset though, going through this process? Like nobody, nobody's really showing much interest. I've got this big dream and this plan, but the two aren't connecting. So what's your mind mindset during this whole process? Man, as I look back back at it today, I was like, man, I was crazy. <laughs> like, what was I like? I just had like crazy faith yeah. from a young age. Yeah. Like I felt like I was always going to be the exception. Mm-hmm. Like, so when the teacher or would bring someone in and say, you know, uh, less than 1% of you guys in this room are going to make it to the to college, and then less than that is going to make it to the NFL. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, thank you. I appreciate that information, but I'm the exception. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be that hey, guy. I, I, hey, you 99% need to listen yeah. to him. <laughs> exactly. See, that, that's, that was always my mindset, too. And I don't know where that comes from. Where do you think it comes from for you? I don't know. I think that, like, you know, one, like my faith definitely played a mm-hmm. part of that. So I think that anything is possible. Like, no matter any situation, like, I would always speak, like, you know, I told guys in middle school that I was going to play varsity my freshman year. Like, I'm not going to play JV football. <laughs> I'm going to play varsity. Yeah. I ended up playing varsity. I would tell guys, like, we were just signed up for these AAU tournaments, uh, YBOA tournaments at the time uh, growing up. I'm like, the, the winner goes to Puerto Rico or Hawaii. We're going to Hawaii. We're going. Yeah. We're going. Yeah. We're going. No matter what. So that was just not like my mind. Yeah. The competitive drive. Huh. Like, I'm the exception, and mm. that's what it was going to be. Love that. And mm. uh, so going into my senior year after senior season, no scholarship offers, I was like, man, something's going to happen. How many people laughed at you, though, at that point? Oh, man, there was a lot of people that were just like, man, you got to do something. Like, we got to, uh, you know, I knew it was going to be, like, opportunities for lower tier uh Colleges, mm-hmm. maybe like junior colleges. If I wanted to go to playing like MEAC or historically black college, mm-hmm. uh, there could be some opportunities there. But I just like been on like I'm going D1 and I'm gonna play D1 football. And uh, yeah. So well, walk us through walk us through that process that that last process right that that roller coaster that you went at oh, the yeah. end. So I ended up uh, the coach of Jesuits set me yeah. up with Notre Dame because it was a big tie-in right there, uh, Dallas Jesuit and, and, and Notre Dame. And then uh, they liked the film. They liked what they saw. They said, Justin, we're going to offer you a scholarship. They sent down the running back coach. And this uh, is after your senior season. After my senior so season. So typically, just for those of you who are unfamiliar with the recruiting process, yeah. they typically will fill their scholarships for sure by the end of the season, your senior season. Mm-hmm. Typically, they, they know who they're – because the recruiting trips happen that fall. If not junior, usually you get commits – like late junior year, and then you go through your senior season, and then you and then you sign. Unless you're like one of the you know five stars where you're just like getting everybody to like 
bid. Yeah. I mean, sure. they're not going to obviously give anything. Yeah, yeah. Right. Get them, get them to bid. <laughs> bid what? No. Yeah. But uh, I mean, we did it clean. Nowadays, yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, but, exactly. But but after the senior season, if you're not locked in with a group, and it surely if you haven't had conversations with them, yeah, it's hard. It's yeah. really really hard. It's unlikely. No, yeah. Yeah. It's like not, yeah, not a hard. It's it's impossible. Yeah. 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 yeah, so they sent down the running back coach, Buzz, Buzz Preston. I remember him meeting me at my uh, office, my, my coach's office uh, in high school, and talking was like, yeah, we like him off you scholarship, man. This is, you know, wow. coming to Notre Dame. Gosh. That's I mean, Notre what? Dame. That's not like, hey, UTEP offered me. That's yeah. Notre yeah. Dame. This is Golden Domer. This is Touchdown Jesus. Uh, no offense, Utah, by the way. Yeah, yeah, no offense. <laughs> so I'm thinking, like, this is like the stars are aligning. I'm like, I'm the black Rudy. It only makes sense <laughs> yeah. that I'm going to Notre Dame, right? So that is, like, my mindset is like, yeah, yeah God is just, he'd work yeah. his thing out perfectly. Yes, absolutely. And then uh, a week before signing day, Notre Dame called and told me they didn't need me. So Ugh. heartbroken, crushed. Uh, I mean, what a high to like oh man the oh. unbelievable i remember i mean we were living in arlington at the time south arlington at the time and lived in a home that had a basement which is uh you know uncommon you know mm-hmm. out here and i was living my room was in the basement and i just remember 17 year old kid going down into that basement right by my bed crying my eyes out mm-hmm. like literally just crying out getting on my knees and praying to God. I was like, man, God, I'm doing everything right. I'm like, I'm the one that's going to Bible study. I'm the one that's, everybody's going partying and drinking over at the Parks Mall. Uh, I'm doing a thousand push-ups and sit-ups a night. I'm going out training on Sundays after the games. Like, I'm in the heat by myself, pushing myself to these limits. Like, I'm I'm going to church every Sunday. Like, God, why is this happening to me? Like, you got to show me something. I can't keep doing this without you showing me something now. And that was my position, you know, to God at that point. Like, you got to show me something. I remember it was one of those, it was pivotal moment, not only just for career football aside, but just like my spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. Because at that moment, God spoke to me in a way that I've never, I never had uh, up until that point. Um, Because I literally had had these books on the table. I flipped open. I said, God, you got to show me something. And it literally landed on Proverbs 3. So I'm going through Proverbs 3 in those first couple of verses, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, where it says, like, trust in the Lord God with all your heart and mm-hmm. lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your path. And I stopped there and I was like, I felt like this warm sensation on the inside of my body. And I felt like God was wrapping his arms around me. And I felt this peace that I never felt in my life. I'm getting like, chills, like, man. Un- <laughs> like, I couldn't explain it right at that moment. And as a 17-year-old kid, I'm just like, at that moment, not even 30 minutes ago, the worst news I've gotten in my life to like, okay. Like, mm. I don't know. Nothing on the outside it had changed, but something had changed on the inside of me. And I just had a peace. And I'm just like, I'm, I just got to excel at what I can control. I'm going to continue to work. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen, break. And then that was February. Um sent out some tapes out to the West Coast of California, and then Cal Berkeley uh, got a, gave us a call and said, hey, we want to offer you a scholarship after uh, their spring game. Wow. So After their spring game. After their spring so they've already signed. I was going to say signing day was February, February. right? Yeah. yeah, February. Yeah, yeah. It was a week before signing day. I got the news from Notre Dame. 
Oh my gosh! I mean, how was that? I mean, they just, they called him like, "Hey, we want to give you a scholarship." Like, I mean, yeah, he I, came down. Buzz Preston, the running back coach, came down and said, "We'll offer you a scholarship." <sighs> so we were waiting for us. Like we were, he said, "We're going to bring you guys up, yeah, um, for a trip, and uh, we'll finalize everything." But you have our scholarship offers. Well, where was Cal on your radar in this whole? I mean, I had knew you nothing about Cal. Knew nothing I about Cal. Never seen anything. Cal related at that mm-hmm. point. I grew up in Florida and Texas, so Miami, mm-hmm. Florida State, Florida. Until I moved to to Texas, you realize how hard it was in Pac-10 what it was back then. Sure, yeah, how yeah. hard it was to watch Pac-10 games because oh, they're just they just typically are late. late like nights. we're watching we're watching SEC, Big Twelve, mm-hmm. ACC. Like that's what we're watching over here, right? And then it's like, oh, maybe catch a maybe catch a West Coast game. Yeah, if, yeah. You know, the movie's over and it's still <laughs> yeah, on. You know, exactly. <laughs> watch a ten o'clock game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hope you guys are enjoying this episode with Justin Forsett. Man, what a great guy and an awesome story. Um, can't wait to reveal uh, the last part of the conversation. Uh, but before we get there, wanted to thank our sponsor, Choctaw Casino and Resort. We mentioned a few weeks ago that uh, we spent uh, the, the night there um, at their brand-new expansion and had just an unbelievable time. Uh, that night, my wife and I and Tyler and his wife – uh, ate at 1832 Steakhouse, which is the steakhouse up there. And, man, it was phenomenal. We're talking massive steaks. We're talking unbelievable appetizers, uh, unbelievable sides. It was such a good experience, Top, top-notch top service. Um, so get yourself up there to Choctaw Casino Resort. Check out the new expansion. Check out the great restaurants. Um, and then always, always check out the great concerts they have coming on this fall. So get yourself up to Choctaw. It's guaranteed to be a great time. Now back to the episode. Okay. So, so springtime. So now you're, you're getting ready to graduate and then you, you go, right? So academically though, Cal is not, not easy. It's like a, the UC schools are hard to get into. So how was your academic journey through high school? It was great. I was a good student, 2.0 student. I expected that. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I, didn't, I didn't have too much issues uh, okay. on the academic side. Okay. So, so <coughs> excuse me, go to Cal. Now, excuse me, <coughs> Berkeley is a unique place. Oh, yeah, very unique. Um, coming well, from. Yeah, I'm just sitting here thinking about your, your, your moment with God, the peace, and then, hey, I'm going to send you to Berkeley. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know, right? I mean, like, you know. That's why I don't question God anymore. Like, even, like, <laughs> that moment showed me enough, like, what I need to know, like, God is faithful. Like, mm-hmm. and he knows uh, what you need. Like, what I wanted, if I would have went to Notre Dame, hindsight, knowing that. They had a coach there named Tyrone Willingham at the time. If I would have went there, he was fired the next year. Mm-hmm. He ended up going to a school, University of Washington, in Pac-10. So, then I ended up seeing him a couple times a year. And... Uh, so they brought in another guy, Charlie Weiss, was after him, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they had they're bringing in different type of you know their guys at mm-hmm. that point. So guys put me in a place right where I needed to be, where yeah. I was wanted. And uh, I mean, lifelong friendships, mm-hmm. uh, partnerships, uh, my wife uh, at Cal. So is I mean, well, Tedford was was your coach, right? Tedford, yeah, Gosh, Tedford. yeah. yeah. Aaron Rodgers was my quarterback. Yeah, freshman year. Well, hey, oh, so really? when okay. you were when you went, had they? Because I know y'all had a great run 
for five or six years and maybe even longer than that. You'd probably argue that, but like there was five or six years that your era, uh, Marshawn, obviously Aaron, when he was there, um, I mean, there was that period. Were they that when you went, or was that the start of it? That was the that was the they were just kind of like so. Aaron Rodgers, that was his second year. Okay, so uh, that was his junior, yeah, maybe his junior year from coming from Butte. Okay, and uh, we were ranked number eleven coming in, coming in to your freshman, my freshman season. season. Okay, gotcha. So we were on the radar, like okay, okay these this, guys, this is a good team. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Okay, so you get there. What's I mean? What's life like? What's the transition? I mean, the 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 I don't know the shock. The yeah, because I mean, you you get into Berkeley business. now and like Telegraph Street. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. different folks out there now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It, I, I mean, first day class was a new protest mm-hmm. outside in the rain, and it is like. People you don't want to see new, like it's seventy year olds and up. Oh, you oh, said nude. nude. I thought yeah, you said new, new. You're oh, saying no, no. nude. I was like, yeah, that sounds, that sounds about right. Yeah, there's probably a new so one every day. Naked, yeah. naked protest. Naked protest. Yes. Oh naked. wow, that's yeah. uh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. So I mean, that was kind of like my first day of school. Like, <laughs> wow. And then, um, uh, what were they was, protesting? Clothes? You know, I don't know. You know, actually, I think it was some labor, something mm. uh, overseas, not even here. Um, but it was a protest. Constantly. They that's just fit, yeah. yeah. That's just yeah. what they do. It's a yeah. whole thing, yeah. It's but a class at Berkeley. It, beautiful. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful place. Campus. Like, I Cut mean, up into the, the hills of the Bay Area. Yeah. It's beautiful campus. Is it, it's a suburb, is it a suburb of San Francisco? Forgive me, ignorance. Yeah. Berkeley yeah. is. Yeah. The other bridge, other side of the bridge. Okay. Yeah. Mostly tied to Oakland. Okay. So, Oakland, Oakland is the neighboring city. Yeah. But beautiful place, amazing weather. I mean, way better than Texas. Like, right? You say, you say, <laughs> high of 80, 70 degrees is like yeah. year round. Uh, just incredible, um, amazing people there. But again, like you said, like Telegraph Street, people smoking weed out in the open, drugs, uh, people yelling, you know, crazy things, messages uh, on the street uh, at all times. Um, but, you know, an incredible place. I wouldn't change it. Like I met so many mm. different people. Like mm. I personally was kind of sheltered uh, growing up, growing up in the South and the Bible Belt. I start meeting people like whether it was, uh, you know, uh, Indian, uh, Asian, uh, people of the belief systems, atheist, uh, people that were uh, Muslim faith, people that were, you know, Hindu, like all these mm-hmm. different religions. Like I never experienced before in my life. Like if you heard hear about or you know see it on TV, but it forced me to really understand why I believe what I believe mm-hmm. because I had these conversations where people were really knew their faith. That's why I tell people now, like when people worry about like my kids gonna go to school and uh, you know, a lot of kids that are from Christian background, they go to school and they lose their faith. And it's not necessarily truth because I believe that kids go to school and they lose their parents' faith. They never lose their faith because they never owned it for themselves. It was mm. like they were just going point. Uh, through a routine and never had that personal relationship with, with God. So, I had a personal relationship, but it forced me to dig deeper into why, uh, okay, it was this truth. Other than the, other other reasons beyond, okay, this was my personal experience. Mm-hmm. That was it. Like, yeah, re- religion aside, how good for that? How good for you was that situation? Just to oh, be around so many different people. Oh, it was amazing. Just diversity, 
uh, of thought, just being able to interact and relate to people, hear different stories and backgrounds, and a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. A lot of honestly, you know, more alike than not. Yeah. Um, you know, it was it was just really good for me to open and for me to be independent, college student, taking care of my own things, way out on the West Coast with not you know family, no family near me. Um, it was it was good for me just yeah. to make sure. Yeah. Yeah, See, yeah. I, I love that man, and I and I've heard I've heard pastors say Dallas is one of the most dangerous places to be a Christian, and, I, and I've just uh, and you, you get in the Bible Belt because there's so much complaint. Everybody says that they are right, but there's complacency because you're never challenged. Yeah, 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 you really aren't. And then now you go to a new environment where whether yeah, your faith, your ideology, whatever it is, right? There's actually you're actually being challenged, which makes you actually have to think about it, right? Yep. And not just like you said, rely on, hey, what mm-hmm. I've been told. Yep, yeah. exactly. And you're actually having conversations and you're actually okay, hey, I, I I've got a question. Like I I've got to go look something up or I've got to go research sure. it or I've got to actually think through it myself. I think yep. that's awesome. Yeah. That's absolutely how was the team dynamic at Cal? Like you know, you, and you've, you've still got some great friends yeah. that, that, that you've got from those teams. But what was that dynamic coming into a locker room? It was awesome, man. It was one of the reasons, like, I felt I was just – because Cal was in town a couple of weeks ago playing TCU. And, uh, How'd that since, go? Oh, <laughs> we lost. I'm sure you know that already. But, <laughs> I actually uh, didn't. I did, didn't, okay. I did not. But <laughs> but I wanted we, to see you squirm. Yeah, we it's lost. It's a 50-50 shot. Yeah, yeah, we lost. Uh, it was a close game, though. But it was good to see them because I saw the same people that like made me fall in love with the place. Like, oh, uh, still same staff and yeah, not the same staff, but some people are still on staff uh-huh. that was there. That like whether it was like the team, like uh, director, mm-hmm. uh, player di- player engagement director, or uh, secretaries. Mm-hmm. Like they were. They Wait, were hold student. on, hold on. You you had different people for those jobs. <laughs> yeah. You don't have the equipment manager slash trainer slash no, no, player engagement director my, slash my, uh, tutor slash my experience. Yeah, you had one guy for all of those yeah. jobs. At well, I went to a, it was a real university. It was a real. Oh, oh okay. It was one of those real ones. It was, like, it was a real Northern California shots university. Fired. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's not something I can. You know, I'm not talking about a Valley School or anything that we're talking about. Touche. Yeah. I, I do got to ask, not to derail too much, but what was it like? Like, what were Aaron Rodgers and you said play with Marshawn Lynch? Marshawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were they like in college? Oh, man, it was amazing. I mean, again, just talk about the people that I've met there and made me fall in love with the place. I mean, they were just so welcoming. Like, I was the only Texas kid, only kid from the South mm-hmm. uh, on the team, you know, period. And uh, they took me in. I mean, like, open arms. Like, Marshawn, there was a 50-50 chance that he was not going to uh, make it, it it's into Cal. Like, if he, they didn't know if he was going to have the right grades to go mm-hmm. in the first year. So, uh, when he got on the, in the campus course, I heard he was number two running back in the country at the time, was coming out of high school. So, uh, And he's from Oakland, right? Yeah, he's from yeah. Oakland, hometown, yeah, hometown, hometown yeah, kid. So, uh, but just that instantly, we hit it, we hit it off like, like very different people. Also, a lot of similarities, yeah. uh, but uh, just... Isn't that such a good... I mean, not again, not to get too deep, but that's such a good lesson, right? You, mm-hmm. On paper, you two don't really have a lot of similarities, you wouldn't think, right, with yep. your backgrounds. Yep. And you said he was just an awesome... I mean, how, how yeah. we can all learn from that, Yeah, right? I mean, incredible, incredible guy, man. Uh, and God has given me the ability to really relate to a lot of different people, too. So meeting, you know, Marshawn Lynch, we were roommates uh, our freshman year, uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, I remember the first time uh, meeting him, and, like, he met me down on the field. 
he came to me and just started playing catch with me. He was like, man, I watch your tape, man. It's, a, it's incredible. Like, really? he was just like, he knew my stats and everything already. Oh. And he was just like, he was that guy that I was like, okay, this guy is different. Yeah. Like, this mm-hmm. guy is special. Like, he's just, everybody on the team mattered to him. Like, and he uh. knew stuff about, like, weird facts. Yeah. Like, he, was, he was that guy in the locker room. And, uh, but awesome, awesome guy. Helped me. Uh, every team, like, when I got there in the... It would be summertime. I was staying. I stayed in a frat house, and like the football team, would kind of took each other, took it, took care of each other mm. in that manner. Like to show me where I need to eat, places I need to go, where I don't need to go, and so it was. It was. It was Man, unbelievable. That's awesome. That's cool. So, uh, what were your what were your first two years like from a playing time perspective at Cal? Because you come in and, and you're like, hey, look, I'm going to be the exception. Yeah, so yeah. do you come in and be like, hey, I'm coming in as a freshman. And oh, I'm, I'm going to make an impact. Listen, yeah, listen how you're talking. Yeah, you yeah. knew you were coming in. Oh, yeah, I was going to start. <laughs> yeah. I was going to start. That was the goal. Was I'm going to skip everything and go straight to the yeah, league. So we had a guy, <laughs> we had a guy, J.J. Arrington, who yeah. ended up getting drafted in the seventh, second yeah, round. Uh, uh, he was the Colts, a, right? Dope wimp. Uh, he was the, uh, where was he? Sheesh. Uh, Arizona. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cardinals, okay. and then I know he went somewhere else, too. Yeah. Uh, but I, I got there thinking, like, okay, I'm going I'm to I'm play. This guy, J.J. Arrington, who's a starting running back, his face is on his poster on the yeah. stadium. Uh, Doke, Doke Walker, you know, Heisman uh-huh. candidate as well with, with Aaron. He was like, these are the two top players. I'm going to find a way on the field. And then I also got a number two. The number two ranked uh, running back, back high in school high school, back. yeah, in at the same time, and the, the, who was also signed before May. That yeah, year. signed. Yeah, yeah. He so was you and Marshawn same class, same class, okay. yeah, same okay. class. And uh, but I was just determined like to work. So when we got there, we got our playbook and things. Like I would take copies. Went back here um, during the summertime, and uh, I used to do a paper route around Dallas. My mom and dad we would deliver papers around 2 a.m. in the morning to, like, these luxury hotels, like Crescent. Like, I was just, I was there uh, for our anniversary, and I was just like, man, my wife, I was just talking like, man, I was delivering papers. Crazy. That uh, is crazy. Full circle here, yeah. man. That's uh, wild. And it was, like, not, not good experience because I'm in there late at night. Yeah. No mm-hmm. one's opening the door. He's just well, like, and Uptown, Uptown Dallas in 2003, yeah, 2004 was yeah, very yeah, different yes, than it is exactly, today. <laughs> exactly. So, I, I mean... Yeah, so I doing that paper route time. We were going through all Dallas, delivering these papers. I had a my light. I think it was. Uh, I mean, it was. Weird. I think it was the Arlstein Goosebumps book light that I had at, at high school. Level, <laughs> then you right? clip, then you, you clip yeah, on, yeah. and I'm looking through my plays uh, just so I know when I'm 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 preparing myself for my moment yeah. when I get there. Yeah. Ended up uh, playing as a true freshman, scoring the first game of the season and our second wow. game of the season. Uh, got my Dang. first carries in the first game of the season. Uh, of course. I'm third on the depth chart, but yeah. I had to. I mean, still amazing feat for me because I wasn't. I was probably you know slated to redshirt. Yeah, we had at that time, excluding JJ and Marshawn, who knew that we were going to play. There was three other upperclassmen that I had. They to, were in the running back. That were you already been there. Yeah, yeah. That I had to 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 bypass. So uh, ended up going there playing. So I would. That first year, more special teams. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, guarding um, Dwayne Jarrett, I think his name, from USC. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, down in the Coliseum. Uh, we were playing, uh, like, I was on special teams. I'm guarding him at yeah. the uh, – he's a gunner, and I'm in the vice. Did you play special teams in high school? 
Yes, returning. That okay, was just a returner. Okay, yeah, yeah just okay. return. No, but now, but now you're playing. Now you're playing corner. Now you're running down at probably yeah, gunner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a yeah. I'm doing everything. I'm in there. Kickoff team. Kickoff return. Yeah, the L two running L2, down. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Was yeah. the mentality just hey, whatever it takes. Whatever just it takes. To get on I the mean, field. I'm on the field. I'm getting opportunities. Uh, I'm I'm doing well in practice. Mm. People noticing. So, you know. I, I was I was encouraged, and then JJ he left. He got drafted. Uh, Aaron ended up leaving that year too. And then Marshawn and I, he was just like, "I'm gonna be our show." Mm-hmm. Uh, the next couple of years, he ended up leaving, getting drafted. Um, his junior year, and then my senior year, it was my my show. It was me, it. and then there was another guy, younger guy that came in, job at best. Oh yeah, and uh, Shane Vereen Detroit. came in the same time. Yeah, yeah. So that was running back. You for there was like a ten year period where they were just spitting out running backs. Yeah. 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 CJ Anderson followed, yeah. and so it was I didn't realize so, Cal was doing so, that. So, so Jeff, you ended up with over three thousand career rushing yards at Cal, fifteen hundred yards your senior year. Mm-hmm. I just did a quick when I pulled my phone out. Oh, I, wasn't, okay. I wasn't being rude. I was just making sure. Oh, I was yeah, sure yeah. I you just here had his phone so, in your face. You're handling business. No judgment here. You know, I was the second option, so I'm thinking. This is how we do things. This I was, is, I was normal. Just, I was yeah. just te- texting our first choice. Yeah. Going, hey, we're, like, we're good. We're we got to cover. You don't got to come, any, you don't come anymore. <laughs> but, you know, so so Marshawn leaves, and you had, man, a tremendous career at Cal. I mean, it was unbelievable what you did. I mean, the impact. Because I remember watching you. I was just a, I was a year ahead of you. Did y'all ever play each other? Uh-uh. No. 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 Good you, for them. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, I could see you two be meeting in the hole. It's not going well for you, Ty Bones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shaking in my boots. See, here's uh here, here's the thing. I was a smart DM. Yeah. I was I'm coming down. I'm coming low. I was really good at spilling guards and then taking out ankles. <laughs> uh which I guess would be head on with you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's a short joke. It's a short joke <laughs> wow, right there. Yeah. I know. I know. I feel uh, like was coming that went over my head. Yeah. <laughs> Another one. Dadoosh. <laughs> yeah. So all right, so now you're you're finishing your senior season and mm-hmm. and Going back to Barry Sanders, like, hey, look, that's the goal, man. That's that's what I'm gonna. That's my. I'm gonna change the direction, and I'm gonna not let my previous circumstances dictate my future, and I'm gonna create this this life out of the opportunities that I've been given and taken advantage of. So, what was that draft process like for you? Oh man, much of the same criticisms I heard my entire mm-hmm. life. It was mm-hmm. just at a you know uh, a higher higher stage, a bigger yeah. stage. Uh, I went to the Senior Bowl, played okay. the Senior Bowl. Uh, went to, invited to the combine and all those things. Um, but, you know, I remember even when I walked out for combine and who was with me? So Forte. Yeah. So Forte, we kind of like tied because of our names, Forte and yeah. Forte. Forte. Yeah. But just uh, me walking out and some hearing, like, like I remember when they introduced Justin Forte, Cal running back, 5'8", 196 pounds, whatever I was at the time. And then I hear in a scout say, Man, that guy's the shoe is a little fella. Uh, (laughs) And as I'm walking down this aisle, like to be like measured in front of everybody, this one they were like measuring everybody. This is straight up like cattle call, meat market. You're you're just in your little tights, and that's that's it. it. That's it. Come look at me in this like, and uh, and then you know, then you hear other you know, then a forte comes in, and then it's a a different story. But uh, but yeah, just much of the same. I don't know if you make it, you know, Mm -hmm. special teams guy. Um, and, uh, yeah, ended up, you know, did, did the dream, like the, the good side and, and the dream and playing did that motivate you more than negative? What were you more motivated by negative comments like that or the dream and the goal of, of making it happen? And that's a great question because I wrestle with it even to this day. 
Uh, I say both because one, I was chasing like just a better life mm-hmm. and a better way of life for my myself and for my my family. And then also, you know, I'm chasing this dream, but I'm also running from a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So it's this kind of duality of like, man, I gotta get there, but I can't stay where I'm at. Like I can't go back to where I'm at. There's no way I'm going back, but I gotta get there. That's like, that's it. Like that's if I make it there, I'm good. So it's a combination, a combination of both. Like me wanting better for myself and knowing that I can't settle for, mm-hmm. you know, where I started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So walk us through draft day. That experience. So I knew back that was two day period at that time. So I knew I wasn't going to get drafted the first day. So I mean, there was a lot of why not, dude? Where did the confidence go? Come on, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be the first pick. Some reality started to kick in, you know. (laughs) College education (laughs) started to pay off. Exactly. You know, the information can be bad for your 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 confidence at times. But uh, so uh, I got. uh, I knew like there was some. I mean, our class. I still to this feel like it's the best running back class. Ever so, I think Darren McFadden was the first one off the board. Yep. Jamal Charles was in there. Uh, Felix Jones was in there. Uh, so all these first round running backs, mm-hmm. Matt Forte was in the top second. two. Yeah, yeah, second round. Yes, you know. So I knew I wasn't going to go first day, and uh, uh, Ray Rice was in that round. Um, and uh, are you are you taller than Ray? We're about the same. But okay. we always joked about like he has a, like a little peak on his head, like, <laughs> he has, like, like a, a hump right there that gives him a, a little bit a little, of edge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was a long that second day. It was a Sunday, yeah. And I, I didn't go to church, and uh, so we're just waiting, just like mm-hmm. see when I, uh, my name is going to be called. So I figure, I mean, what I've been hearing is like, okay, he's going to be you know anyway early third, but he can be a mid round guy. Okay. So uh, so I'm waiting. No one's calling my name. Watching all these running backs come off the board. Like uh, there was a Kevin Smith guy from UCF that was coming off the board. There was people getting from Montana was coming off the board. Peyton Hillis was coming off the board. It was all these people. The fullback. The fullback. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> Jacob Hester was coming off the board. He's the third best <laughs> running back at his school. Why is he? <laughs> so all these people were coming yeah. off, and I was just like. Man, God, what's going on? Third round goes by, fourth round goes by, fifth round goes by. I was just like, okay, maybe let me just take a nap and like maybe I'll go to sleep and I'll be awakened by a team. Some good news. Good news. It's like it's like when you're at a restaurant, you're like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom yeah. because when I come back, dinner will be here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was that mindset. It was just like, okay, let me just let me sleep it off. And uh, woke up sixth round, nothing. Then seventh round hits, and I'm starting getting calls like, hey, we want to come in. Um, Buffalo, Minnesota. It's like, hey, come in as an undrafted free agent. Want to give you a shot? Oh, so um, you're getting the undrafted free agent undrafted calls already? Yeah, because they start, I guess, in the yeah. seventh round. Yeah. yeah. So I'm getting those. I'm just like, God, what's going on? Like, like I did. I got a great career. You know, done some numbers. Um, and uh, here we go, all over again. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was around. So at the end of the seventh round. Uh, I got a call. I was on the phone. My dad was on the phone with Minnesota at the time. Uh, with I was, I was on the phone with Minnesota with Eric B. Enemy, and then there, uh, my dad was on the call with Buffalo uh, because Marshawn was at Buffalo yeah. at the time, and he's like, "Come, you guys, come back together again." And it was selling that that angle. Yeah. There was mm-hmm. also another guy running back there at the time. I think it was, uh, oh man, it was Miller from Michigan. I can't remember his name, uh, his first name, but. Uh, but yeah, they were selling that, and Seahawks call, 
And they're like, you know, want to talk to Justin or tell him my, my they had my dad's number. And he, he was like, man, we can, we're going to give you a call back. Like, we're talking on a call with another team right now. And they were like, he may want to pick this up. We better pick him right now. I picked 233. And it was like, he gave me the phone, talked to the lady, talked to um, uh, Coach Holmgren. Holmgren, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was. So they took you. Yeah, they took me pick 233. A couple of picks from Mr. Irrelevant. But <sighs> I was taken. That's awesome, man. So wow. what was that? When you get that, did you care that it was the seventh round? Or were you just like, man, I just get the opportunity? I was glad that somebody chose me. Okay. I was glad, honestly. Like, at that moment, I was like, okay, somebody wanted me. Mm-hmm. Somebody thought I was worth, you know, a pick. Yeah. Yeah, because there's two schools of thought when you're in that scenario. Yeah. Is I would rather go undrafted because now I can pick my scenario. Sure. Versus... But you had the mentality. Here's the thing, I'd though, rather man, be the, picked. The thing about that, yeah. the people that say that are the people that aren't getting picked. Right. Yeah, yeah, those yeah, are the yeah. people. It's those a, are the agents. Those yeah, are yeah, the. Yeah. Those are the people that aren't like. As a player, it's like I just want to be picked, just yeah, like yeah, you said. Yeah. I, I, I want to I see my name go across yeah, across it's a, it's the ticker. It's a lifelong dream. Yeah, yeah. my yeah. name's going across. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see my name go across, but I, <laughs> I, I actually the ticker. I didn't see him announce my name, but I saw my name go across the screen, which was which was phenomenal. So I was excited, and it was a place in Seattle where I had been before playing University of Washington. Yep. Um, I love Overcast days, so mm. that's kind of like my day, my jam. So mm-hmm. I was like, this is. Kind of psycho are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you though. I actually, yeah. I actually prefer that sometimes. Wow, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so let's back up real quick. Um, back to college, meeting Angie. What uh-huh. that? What that interaction? What that? What that? Yeah. The start of the relationship was like, and then where she's at draft day, like where you guys are at relationship wise. Oh uh, yeah. So I met my wife um my freshman year Mm -hmm. uh she was dating a basketball player at the time and i was dating uh someone that wasn't someone else yeah yeah someone Someone else else. (laughs) one of those nude protesters yeah (laughs) (laughs) she was a senior i would say that i would say that so i was an upperclassman at the time and we were just friends right Uh but i i I knew that there was something there but i could feel like she was digging me Mm -hmm. Um, and I was too, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm honest. Right. So we were friends, but she was taken at the time and then I eventually got uh, a girlfriend. So we met at our students because study hall was big. Like after football, you go to study hall. So everybody, all, all the sports are collected down at the Cesar Chavez building. See, that's dangerous, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's really dangerous, especially coming out of training camp when these guys are extra thirsty. (laughs) Oh man. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like the Olympics. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you got the uh, so we went down and me and my, my one of my teammates Warrior Williams and uh, we were just like okay what's this we weren't doing any learning we were just going yeah. and it's like who, who's in here like we want to see who's in here looking for the girls in there end up seeing the volleyball team at the upper level and then saw her there and uh, I think we were making jokes singing and doing some other stuff just like getting attention uh-huh. and then uh, we connected at that point and just was right really cool real friends at that moment and. Uh, yeah, getting up, getting together that sophomore year, and been together mm. ever since. And when I got drafted, she at that time she was at uh, USA volleyball team. Uh, mm. I want to say at that time, so she was training out of uh, Colorado mm-hmm. uh, at that point. So she wasn't with me. Uh, I was at my parents' house, and uh, but she got the news, and mm. everybody was excited. Too. When did y'all get married? So that was twenty twelve. No, I'm sorry, twenty ten. 10. Okay. And when y'all a, got married. Yeah. And you got drafted in nine. Oh, eight. 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 Okay. And you said she's. Oh, so a, we are the same. Oh, because you played four straight. That's right. Yep. That's right. She's okay. a volleyball player. Volleyball player. Yeah. Is she she's a savage, by the way. Is she taller than you? 
No, she's not talking about that. That's always the <laughs> hey, question. Hey, she is an absolute. Well, libero is that the position? Was she a libero? She was outside. Okay. Yeah, okay. she had a forty-inch vertical. Oh, would you oh say? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Libero, libero is the one is with the yeah. opposite color or the different color jersey, mm-hmm. and they're shorter. they're t- yeah typically a little bit shorter. Okay. Okay. More athletic. Angie's Angie's a beast. Yeah, yeah, good. Nice. Yeah. Sounds like it. Yeah. Yes. All right. So okay. So you go to Seattle. Yeah. Y'all get you get married two years after you're into the league, and she was still playing volleyball. So did she ever? I mean, how often was she coming out to Seattle? And then when you got married. Sparingly, uh, well, she was traveling. She was playing overseas, too. Mm-hmm. So my first, our, even our first year of marriage, when we got married, she was six months. She was playing in Vienna, Austria. Mm-hmm. So after the season, I would go over and visit her in Austria. And remember even that time right right now, because uh, Friday Night Lights is on Netflix right now. And uh, that was like our show. So we were just watching because they didn't have TV, right? Like right. they weren't watching American shows. So right. we were just on, I don't know what we were, Slingbox. We used back yeah. in the Slingbox oh, back yeah. then. Slingbox. I remember that. And uh, we were watching Friday Night uh, Friday Night Lights. Uh, I'm hey. not going to say that I haven't watched that show three times through start <laughs> to finish, amazing. but I'm also. Never seen an episode. Yeah. yeah I'm just not. Yeah, you really, I mean, I could see you as a Ricketts. I see you as Ricketts. <laughs> <laughs> With with looser morals, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 <laughs> so so on the field, what was what was life like uh, in Seattle, and, and what did your career look like? To start out, man. Uh, got drafted seventh round, excited, amazing uh, training camp and preseason, my my rookie season. So like the sky was the limit. I mean, the Chicago Bears, like they got me on the team. Like so, thank thank you to. Lovey and yeah, you mean you dominated the Chicago Bears? Oh man, I was like, I don't know if I had to be some record at the time, but I think I had close to like 300 all purpose yards. What? No way, fourth game? No, it was the third, okay, third preseason game. It was either the second or third, okay, but it wasn't the fourth because I remember the fourth. You always remember the fourth, always remember the fourth. (laughs) That was against the Raiders, and that game was. That was the most tired I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Oh, bro. <laughs> I played every single year of my career. I played the fourth yeah, season yeah, game. Yeah. It is the worst. Yeah, Dar- was like, Darren's not here, but he never – I guarantee he yeah, never, never played. Never, never, yeah, he, he never, never put on shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah, exactly. he, I don't know if he ever took the sweats off that he warmed up in. But it's funny. It's funny you say that. Chicago got me my first job too. Really? Preseason, yeah, when I was with the Browns. And then they ended up signing me. But it was against the Bears. Yeah. Nope. Thank you, Chicago. Chicago's a great place. Made man. a lot of dreams come true. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Organiza- great organization. <laughs> so you make the team, which is which team, yep. just because you got drafted. Yeah, yeah just because you get drafted doesn't mean that you're going to make the team. So and you ended I up- had like an uphill battle too. So uh, that year, Maurice Morris was the starting running back. That before the year, no, Sean Alexander was the starting running back, but the the backup running back was supposed to be the like the incumbent mm-hmm. like starter Maurice Morris. But they signed a guy named Julius Jones mm-hmm. in free agency and another guy T.J. Duckett. So I'm the fourth running back that they brought in, and then they're just doing a draft pick. And um, so I had to fight to make that route. Usually you only keep three running backs. In so you were the second running back picked? Were you? No, did I was they the only dra- running back. The only running back drafted. Okay, okay. But they brought in another guy, you said? Yeah, they brought agent? a free agent. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, gotcha. USC, okay. So I've been a bad father the past few nights. My four-year-old has been going to bed a little bit later um, and a sporadic go to bed schedule and as you know um, when kids don't get enough sleep usually the next day everybody pays for it and uh, adults are pretty similar you know if we don't keep our routines if we don't keep our bedtimes similar each night and our wake-up times similar uh, we tend to be tired and groggy the next day and then if you add on top of that a poor mattress 
uh, and poor sleep quality because of your mattress, um, it usually makes for a recipe for, uh, like I said, a bad next day. And that's where Sleep Number comes in. We appreciate Sleep Number and their partnership. And uh, wanted you to make you guys aware of their Sleep Number 360 Smart Beds featuring Sleep IQ technology, guys. These things are incredible. Uh, think of the Tesla of the mattress world. Um, so much great technology. They can adjust your height while you sleep. It can adjust the coolness and temperature of the mattress while you sleep, all adjusting to your body and your needs, um, thus making for a great night's sleep. So get yourself uh, to a local Sleep Number store, wherever you are, or to sleepnumber.com to check out the Sleep Number 360 Smart Beds. Um, And like I said, go get yourself a mattress and a great night's sleep. Now back to the episode. So now, I mean, what does that rookie year end up looking like for you? So my, I'm excited. I made the team, made the cut. I remember, oh man, it was kind of like it was this restaurant called Miss Shirley's. It was me, Red Brian, and someone else uh, that we're sitting at the. He's uh, a small individual, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> Red yeah, Brian. Yeah. You know who Red Brian Huge. is? See that D tackle? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Huge, massive man. So we're sitting there, just like that day, yeah. like. Oh man, are we gonna somebody call? We don't want anybody to call us from it, you know. At that time, what is it? Four two five number. Yeah, every every time that phone buzzes, it's It's your heart stops. Don't call me, right? (laughs) So we didn't get a call. So I'm close. I like we're good. We made the team. Uh, He was a fifth round, fourth round pick at that time. I was seventh round, and then uh, so the first week go to Buffalo. I'm inactive, and then the second week, that Tuesday was our off day. I'm at the barber shop. And uh, I get a call saying, like, Justin, we're going to release you. And uh, we're trying to get you on the practice squad, though, you know, if you clear waivers. Ended up not clearing waivers. So I had a great preseason. Mm-hmm. So I go to Indy. And I'm like, uh, and I, before that, you know, I bought a leased uh, apartment, furniture, everything. My Angie at the time, she came up. My wife came up. My girlfriend at the time, she decorated and got all the nice furniture in there. And uh, so – I'm leaving that now. I'm like, okay, I'm in Indy. And I'm like, okay, well, I always wanted to play for Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy, mm-hmm. I grew up in Florida, Lakeland, Florida, where, you know, a couple of miles, my dad would take us to training camp for the Bucks, And I watched work done, Warren Sapp, and all those other oh, yeah. books. So, and Tony Dungy was the coach. So, I was like, oh, well, we love Tony. So, all right, this is where I'm going to finish my career at, in, uh, <laughs> in Indy. And then four or five weeks later, they tried to do the same thing to get me on practice squad. And then Seattle grabbed me back up. So, I ended up finishing out my contract. In the next four years uh, with Seattle. So you were so you were claimed off weeks. waivers by Indy mm-hmm. and then released and then claimed off waivers back to Seattle. So yep. same rookie contract. Yep. Okay. That's wild, man. Yeah. That's insane. I, that's yeah. They tried to outsmart it, but I oh, will keep them for a week and, yeah. then, and then we'll try to sneak them into the practice <laughs> yeah, exactly. spot. Nah, uh-uh, not that's gonna what they happen. try to do. It's How was it uh, playing with Peyton? Oh man, unbelievable, unbelievable guy. Uh, smart, hard worker. I never saw anybody like a player like yell at a coach before. Yeah, and like to see that as a young, I was like, man, this, this is, is confusing. Yeah, this is like he was yelling at my coach, and not just any coach. He was yelling at my coach, and I was just like, wow, this is. I mean, this is what it looks like to be that that guy, a franchise guy. Yeah. But I mean, my first game uh, we're playing in Minnesota, which was my uh, uh, my first NFL game that I played. In the regular season, but also my first NFL game in preseason as well. So I was confident. I was punt returner, yeah. which I'd never done in my entire life. I'd never punt return. I never caught punts ever. 
But there was a fullback of mine, uh, David Kirkman, uh, out of USC mm-hmm. uh, at the time. He was like, man, you're, man, you're good, man, but you got you to gotta do something, especially once you try to go over there and catch some punts, man. Like, you got to like, do the more you can do. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to try it. He's like, man, you need to, man. You need to go over there. So I ended up doing that, and that, that's what kept me. Like, that's what got me. Yeah. So I was catching punts. I was dropping them in, <laughs> in practice. But in the games, I was catching them. And before every catch, to this day, that's one thing that I'm, like, really shocked. Like, I did that. Like, I don't know how in the world. You know, they, so, they say there's no atheist in a foxhole. There's no atheist punt return. Yeah, that is yeah. a scary hey, position. 100%. But even just catching punts, like, what people don't, unless you've done it, that you don't understand as a kicker kicks a ball, and it, and it changes if it's a right, right footer or left footer, sure. right, is, is it doesn't come straight up and straight down it's literally like like a boomerang kind of it like Uh arches and if you're if you're just listening i'm doing it with my hands so go on the youtube and and follow the darren woodson show on youtube and then watch the episode subscribe like five stars you you, you want to see this i promise (laughs) but it literally and it comes down at an angle so you're standing if you're standing where it looks like it's coming down you're not going to catch it you got to literally be like a yard or two inside of where you think it's going to land it's not to mention you've got 11 that's grown men well, running ten and a half, ten and a half, ten and a half, and the snappers. <laughs> but here's the scariest part: is you have twenty guys yeah, running yeah, at you. For right. sure, yeah. So whether whether they they have your jersey color on or the other jersey, everybody's running at you, and they're right? not coming to yeah. you know to, to be nice no, about no, it. No, no, no. They're, they're coming with bad intentions, especially when the rules were then were just like yeah. really open to like you yeah. can like take a guy out. That's right. And we're not even talking about weather. Right, we're talking about a nice, yeah, pristine a nice day. day yeah. We're not talking about Inside wind. Indy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about rain, snow, none of that. So I'm, I'm, you know, uh, like that was one thing that picked mm-hmm. that I picked up that I had to that allowed me to get picked up by Indy. So I was yeah. the punt returner and I back up running back. So uh, that first game, the game comes down to a wire. Like it is a close game. It was us uh, against the Vikings and. And like I'm already like this is my first game, and all every prayer when I was back there it was the same every time. I said, God, please protect me and protect the ball. <laughs> and if it's not me, make sure you protect the ball <laughs> because I cannot give the ball back. Like I cannot drop this ball. That's uh, the main thing, God. Yes. So. There was times, and if I go back to Google Images, like when I'm catching the punt, like the ball is in my like in my pocket in my hands, and I'm looking this way, like I'm looking away, like at the, at the defense, and it's like I don't just it just happened to fall into my uh, in my in my lap, and at the and at the time of the game is on the line, we're uh, we're down and uh, down by like one or two points, so we got to go and get a field goal in order to win the game. Fourth quarter, so I've caught the punts that we've already. I think I may have caught one or two um, uh, that we've had, and uh, so now a couple seconds left to go on the clock. Justin, you got to go back there, catch the ball, and uh, again, never in my life have I caught punts in a game like in a real live game. Preseason, I did, of course, uh, but this is like yeah, on this, the line. Yeah. Peyton Man is my quarterback. Yeah, yeah. People are watching on, you know, millions are watching. The yeah. Colts are good. Like the Colts yeah. are the team. Uh, yeah, the AFC, the team in the AFC. Yes, yeah. for sure. And uh, so I'm going out there. I get the ball, catch it, shrug off a guy, and I'm running about like a 40 yard return. No way. Set us up to get the uh, to yes. for the game winning uh, field goal. 
And my, like, I'm just, like, static and everybody was sideline. Like, I just met them this week. Like, the team, yeah. this yeah. is my first week with the team. Yeah. So, no one really knows me like that. I have one guy that I played with in college that was there, Matt Giordano. Uh, Gio. Yeah, 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 Gio. A Fresno guy. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, at the end of the game, my locker is my next Peyton. I don't know how it worked out, but I'm, I got dressed right beside him. And, uh, and he came over to me and said, like, Justin. You won that game for us, man. Oh. He was like, I was like, sheesh. Peyton Manning just like. <laughs> <laughs> could, could we just please get that on camera and just say, just, let's just reenact yes. this. Say it one more time. Like, I've got to yeah. get Slow it down, please. Yeah. <laughs> Talk just slow. Get my Motorola <laughs> flip phone out yeah, real quick. Exactly. <laughs> man, and, that's awesome. And dude. I get on the bus. He's like, man, he won't often because he was like, one thing, he's like, he took care of his guys. Like, he's often mm-hmm. like beer. Yeah. Like, I don't drink, but I was like tempted to like each other. Yeah. Like, and then after that, Peyton Manning offered me a beer. I'm gonna drink yeah. a beer. <laughs> and then uh, that week, my wife was in town. Uh, that following week, and Peyton invited me out uh, with the boys. Mm. And this is my girlfriend at the time. She came, and I was like, "Man, I don't want to be like this." Because I'm thinking I'm gonna be the only rookie, yeah. and this is like a rookie, like you know, type hazing type yeah. deal. And I don't see my girl often because she's traveling and whatnot. So I blew it off. I blew it off, and uh, that's one of the things that I, I I wish I could go back and like go out with it. Because the next day I was, he's like, man, you should have came out with this man. We had a good time and whatnot. I was like, yeah, you know, I don't really have enough money to you know. Because again, yeah, you, you're <laughs> one game. Not you haven't even gotten your full game check no, yet. No, yeah, and well, I just, you had the one week, I guess the the first week from Seattle. I just broke a lease, but he was an active. Oh yeah, but you were yeah. An active. That inactive. Game. Yeah, but it's the same check. game check. Was, but but yeah, you had expenses. Bought furniture. Did all that. Yeah. Yes. Yes, uh, yeah. bought bought a car out there, my first car yeah. out there, uh, Tahoe, and uh, so I'm just like very cautious right now. I was like, man, I gotta save my pennies, and uh, so he was like, no, man, we're gonna take care of everything. I'm just like, oh. missed opportunity. So, Dang. you know, a couple weeks later, uh, I'm leaving the barber shop in Indy, and I get a call in from the Colts number, whatever that number is, and it's like, yeah, just we're gonna release you. Um, and uh, we're going to try to get you back on, uh, on the practice squad. We collect waivers. And, uh, yeah, that was my last time in, in Indianapolis. So I, we spent a lot of time on football, and I want to I get to, to post-football. But, you know, the rest of your career, you went back to Seattle, played out your contract there, mm-hmm. you know, had good good career there, Hasselbeck being the quarterback yep. while you were there for – and then and then go to Houston – from there, spent two years in Houston. One. Just just one year in Houston, then Jacksonville. One year. One year in Jacksonville, yeah. and then Baltimore, then right? Baltimore, yeah. Then Baltimore. So and these then, were just one-year deals with Houston and with Jacksonville? Uh, Two-year deal at Jacksonville, but it was just like, that was like the worst moment in my career. Yeah. And uh, it was a decent deal, right? It was, it was a pretty yeah, good was, deal you know, going to. It was my biggest deal. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was a multi-million dollar. Yeah. Uh, oh, contract. really? Yeah. But Jackson, but Jacksonville was just such a oh, dumpster no, not fire. That time. Yeah, yeah, Jacksonville. Yeah, it was, it was, it was tough. Who was the coach back then? Gus Bradley was the head coach, okay. and uh, yeah, they were trying trying to figure things out. Yeah, they went like I got injured, I got a turf toe in training camp, and then uh, I got back for regular season for the first game, but I was demoted and I was put on inactive roster uh, further early that season, and then when they gave me another chance after begging and pleading my case. Um, you know, I went out, got a first catch of this my game of the game, and then uh, broke my foot. So mm. uh, I was out for uh, for that, and then got cut. And then, mm. and thankfully, Baltimore 
Kubiak went to Baltimore after being fired from Houston as the offensive coordinator. That's right, because the year after you left, year after we both left, yeah. they had a really rough year. Yeah, they had a really rough year, yeah. And that was, yeah, that was crazy. And then, okay, so. And then I went to Baltimore. And got then, it. That's when I had, you know, my best years. Yeah. Got so a big contract. Crush it. Crush it in Baltimore. Pro Bowl running back. Then you ended up in Detroit for a little bit, right? Yeah, those are cups of coffee, really. Like yeah. A couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. So actually a couple of months in Detroit. So uh-huh. I got cut and from Baltimore in week five and then went up to like. But So one thing to note, you broke your arm in, in the second, second, the year, second year in Baltimore mm-hmm. after your Pro Bowl year. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so after that injury, then they released you. Was that right? Uh, so I got, I broke my arm. And uh, 2015, uh-huh. that's that second season in Baltimore. I came back f- for the next season, and then they cut me during the season, the next season. During, okay. I asked right. for my release. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was time. And they obliged. <laughs> <laughs> but again, the, the, the point I want to say is, like, it, the journey was never easy for you. It was never, it was never just, hey, look, man, sign a big deal. You're the hometown hero. You were everywhere you went. You had to earn, and you had to... Um, to contribute in whatever way possible, right? And and it was fun watching you in Baltimore because having played with you in Houston, seeing all the work that you put into it, man, your passion, the locker room presence that you had. Uh, I mean, this dude just hand out washing, handing out free body wipes to everybody because <laughs> yeah. that locker room stank until he came in yeah. and he fixed it. Fresh it up. And we'll get there. We'll get there about that. But so, but it was never easy, man. And 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 it, and you were just your resilience was was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing to watch. Yeah, and something I'm always fascinated by is when the person who's after who's been after this goal for so long, when they finally achieve it, when it finally happens for them, mm-hmm. does it feel as good as they played it up in their head? Now, obviously, you know your career may not have been Barry Sanders, but yeah. you made it to the NFL. You played nine seasons, which is unbelievable from where you come from. So yeah. how did the reality match up with what you had dreamed your whole life? Man, it was so overwhelming. I remember, because I was, at, during that 2014 season, that was the breakout year, and that I had my first year at Baltimore. I remember I was playing the Panthers, and this was kind of like maybe week seven, and I was doing like, like I'm a top five, top three rusher mm-hmm. at the time doing, doing that, doing that, that part of the season, it ended, it ended up being a top five rusher. But this game, uh, I'm like, sheesh, I run through the tunnel. I'm a starter being announced to the stadium. And I'm just, I'm killing right now. Steve Smith, that was his comeback game yeah. against the Panthers. And he was just, you know, crushing it. Yeah. But I'm also, like, doing my thing. I scored a touchdown. And I'm on the sideline. I just had a moment. I'm just, like, almost to tears thinking about, like, man. How did I get here? Like God is good. Like uh, yeah. I'm out here and I'm having fun. I'm like Luke Keekley Keek and uh, Thomas Davis yeah. and all those guys. And I'm just like running through them. Yeah. Like and I'm just like having fun and it was a, it was a, it was a blessing, man. I was just overwhelmed. Who who did you think about in that moment? Like or or, or maybe maybe may not literally in that moment, mm-hmm. but who who were the people that you your mind took you to? It was just when like, you were reflecting. It was moments throughout my life. It was room 108. It was that hotel, that motel room. It was that Notre Dame rejection. It was, you know, being released by Seattle and, you know, uh, being that Jacksonville moment, being fired there. That, you know, I've been fired three times at that point in my career. And it was like, man, God is faithful. I'm so blessed. There's a level of gratitude that I just couldn't contain. And then 
you know, finished up with a, a Pro Bowl season. That's amazing. All so right. Cool. So we mentioned that little stint in Detroit, but mm-hmm. it's time to transition to what's next. Uh, you had two kids at this point? Uh, yeah. Two, okay. Retirement. Uh, and then y'all decide, okay, hey, we're going to – we're going to move to Texas, which is interesting because your brother was still in Dallas, right? Yeah, my brother was still – the older brother was still in Dallas. My parents are still in Dallas. Oh, your parents are. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. They are still here. All right. Um, but decided, hey, look, this is going to be home for us. But what was next for you? And I mentioned those body wipes, and, and you'd already had a little hustle going uh, oh, yeah, while yeah. you were playing. Sorry, so talk us, through, talk us through that transition for you, okay, walking away from the game. Were you at peace when you said, hey, it's time? Oh, yeah, I was ready. I was ready yeah. to, to move on what was next. I remember even in meetings, uh, taking notes, especially in Jacksonville when I wasn't playing, uh, I was, like, building out, like, my speaking story mm. and, uh. like, it, you know, they were talking about two-jet protection and skin and all that stuff. I'm like, okay, this is what I need to do for, like, <laughs> intro, for <laughs> talk and closing remarks, and this is what I need to do mm. for my business. And, you know, I had to – at one time, we were, just, we were just one product at that time. It was called Shower Pill. And so, uh, just uh, a solution for when a shower is optimal but not possible. So, yeah, tell them why shower. why we call it why do you call it shower pill. So, shower pill was the NFL locker room term. It was a joke. So, guys skip showers. You say, "Hey, I'm taking a shower pill, bro. Don't judge me." So, it was <laughs> yeah. like a real pill. These guys are being stank. Just a shower pill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These guys walking around stank in in the locker Bonky. room. Yeah, and uh, I was just okay with it. And even on times like Saturday practice, light practice, guys were like, "Okay, I'm taking shower pill because I'm gonna go home and shower." Like yeah. we had a 45 minute walkthrough. Yeah. So. Uh, so that pain point turned into a business. So it's like there's got to be other people out there that are, you know, like short on time that want to be able to clean up, like hand sanitizer, but mm-hmm. for the body. And uh, so we created a product. It's a disposable washcloth that removes sweat, dirt, and body odor. Put it on Amazon. That was the first platform that we mm-hmm. had at the time. It was still growing. It's not what it is today, but it was mm-hmm. a big presence. Uh, and then local stores. So even during my time in Seattle, I would – leave practice and go to local running shops and cycling shops. And that was my hustle. So I was going, I was doing that, uh, bouncing from team to team, introducing the product from every, every community I was in, going to these lo- local uh, businesses and pitching. And uh, so when I retired, uh, I knew, you know, I was full time yeah. uh, at the time with the business and trying to grow that and do my speaking thing. How- Did you realize how much work it was going to take to build the business and how much time it was going to take. And I know you, you've got partners that you went to college with. Yep. But but did you realize? Because for me, it was like, man, I put so much time and effort. There's no yep. way anything can be harder than <laughs> what I did here. Yeah. Did you expect that? No. No. And neither, neither did my wife. But that's another topic. <laughs> uh, no, it, it, I'm way more busy now than I ever was playing yeah. football. I didn't realize mm. how much time we had as football players. Yes. Actually. Yeah. I would love that schedule right now. My wife, my wife and I talk about that all the time. Like, it sure would be nice to have six weeks off right now. Yeah. <laughs> or, hey, this four-week gap between training camp, that would be sweet. Oh, wait, I only have to work out. i got to work out from 11 to one thirty. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. Or even a Tuesday. How about just a Tuesday? Yeah, right. Just yeah. Yeah, it's not like get home at, yeah. yeah. Get home at get home at two thirty. Yeah, exactly. Talk talk to us about because this can resonate with a lot of people. You're in a job, but you have a side hustle. Mm-hmm. How did you you know? Because you want to give and be dedicated to to your main income when your main job, which was the NFL at the mm-hmm. time, but you also had this side passion and, and this something that you really wanted to make work. How did you navigate that the waters of those two? Well, I never compartmentalized my greatness. Like I don't, I don't think you can do That's that. That's an all-time like, quote right there. Like, by the I, way, I don't, I don't think that 
at least I didn't think I was built to just be great at one thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I knew that I had, you know, great talents, you know, to play in the NFL, but I also want to be a great father. I want to be a great husband. I want to be a great businessman. And like, I may not be able to devote the same time to each of those, each of those things, but the same tenacity, the same vigor, the same effort, I should be pursuing those things in the same manner. So, mm-hmm. uh, so when I had time, I devoted it because I devoted it uh, my time to an effort to what was next that that next chapter outside of sports. Yeah, that's wow. awesome, man. All yeah, right, so yeah, started out a shower pill. You're wearing a shirt right now. Again, yeah. for those of you that are just listening, yeah. go on to YouTube, the Darren Woodson Show. Give us some comments. Like, give us some subscribe. likes. Subscribe. That would be anyways. But. <laughs> Is he's wearing a shirt now? Hustle clean. Talk yep. us, yes. Talk us through where Shower Pill evolved and what you've taken it from retirement. You and your team have taken it since. Yeah. So Shower Pill, it was a solution for when that shower was optimal, not possible. So on the go hygiene, where you're out camping, hiking, mm-hmm. or leaving the gym, want to work out through the middle of your day, you don't have shower, access to a shower. Uh, use our body wipes. So we knew once we got validation from the targets of the world, where mm-hmm. you know we're in all of their stores. It was like, okay, this consumer needs more products. Like this, this, this person that like was very goal oriented, driven, motivated, had side hustles, uh, but wanted to pursue like the best version of themselves. They needed other products to allow them to to keep going, to mm-hmm. to extend their adventure, to extend their uh, their dreams. So mm-hmm. we wanted to create products. A full assortment of care to take care of those needs, and that's where Shower Pill was like very limited and just yeah. like okay, that term and that uh, that product would take us to a certain level. But if mm-hmm. we wanted to ever expand and scale this thing, we had to be something bigger, and yeah. we had to become a brand. So yeah. that was that transition from product to brand, where we are now. It's Hustle Clean, where you know we're creating convenient products with clean ingredients for this active consumer that's mm-hmm. on the go, this active lifestyle, and that looks like whether that's Hand sanitizer, body wipes, face wipes, lotion, wa- body washes, things like that, uh, you know, where we're taking care of this person. So on the go. So, like, you throw it in a little tote and, hey, that's yeah. throw it in my gym bag and this is what I got to use if I got to jump in the shower somewhere. Or yep. gr- okay. okay. You mentioned your schedule is cr- way crazier now than it was when you played. So walk us through what, what does the day look like for an entrepreneur or business owner? Well, I, I try to like Hustle Clean is a self care brand, so I had a, I have to live what I preach. Like we want to preach to our customer and our followers that like holistic greatness. Like we want to people to not only take care of their bodies but their minds and their spirits. So it's not okay to be you know you know a great entrepreneur, business person, but also a terrible spouse. Mm. You know, so that means you got to devote like you got to prioritize like work. There has to be some prioritization in like your self-care, uh, your family, your community. So my day, it looks like me waking up, I start with prayer and devotion, meditation, and then I work out, and then I start my day with work, whether that's uh, like on a Monday we have our task call, forecast call, and I do a devotion with my team on Monday with people in the, in the company, and then uh, that follows by a task meeting where we're just kind of getting together and it's like looking at roadblocks, things that we need to accomplished throughout the week and then going through meetings where there's vendors partners strategy um it's just like different rollouts of different mm-hmm. SKUs or products that we may have and solving problems like literally uh my bar- my business partner he's a firefighter and i was like he's never stopped being a firefighter because that's entrepreneurship like yeah. it's like how to problem solve and mm-hmm. put out fires and uh, you know have that 
you know, mental toughness to, to persevere through obstacles. So it's a lot of that, solving problems. Uh, throughout the day, you may find me, you know, whether I'm taking the kids, uh, picking up the kids from school uh, through a portion of the day. I'm coaching my, my, my son in flag football. I'm taking the other kids. Like, we have four kids right now, so, and, and one on the way. So uh, yeah, we're doing... So you like competitive lot. nature? He yeah. like, he's like, look, Klutzy's got four. I got five. <laughs> <laughs> Can't compartmentalize my greatness. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. So, so doing that, then I also lead a life group. My wife leads a life group for the church. Um, All right, Darren, Tyler, I never want to hear you say you're so busy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we, we, we do a, a number uh, of different things, um, you know, and, you know, trying to get some downtime with the wife is, yeah. uh, is also important, so. Do you guys have a structure like, hey, every Tuesday we're going to go on a date night? Do you guys do anything structured like that, or is it no, just especially in the pandemic? So we had it before the pandemic, but you know, I had to hate to put a time yeah. on your sure. uh, on your show, but yeah. I was the second guess, uh, second option. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna do what yeah, I want. Do what I do. <laughs> but uh, this is the uh, Justin Forsett show now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we're we're definitely you know trying to get carve out time right now, and it's like making sure. Because we got baby five on the way, and want to make sure that we know. Yeah, that, that's the marriage. hardest thing for me personally is is making that you know because everything gets all this attention, and you forget about the spouse, and the spouse can quickly become a roommate, oh, re- yeah. really fast, or or just somebody that you live with uh-huh. uh, while you're trying to accomplish all these other things. So, yeah. or, or or lack of a better term, a side chick to your other hustles. That well, wow. you know, there you go. That's yeah. a great. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's, that's true. So that's true. Uh, we see a lot of you know I've got a lot of people that you know in their pursuit to greatness. Um, you know, their, their wives have been, uh, mauled mm-hmm. in the, in the process of, uh, grind up in the process of, mm-hmm. of, of the pursuits of, of, of our dreams. So, mm-hmm. um, just trying to be intentional about yeah. the time that we have and, you know, with one another is important. When you think about your goals and aspirations for this new business, how does it compare? Like, did you ever think you could have a second love like this? Like you did for football and, and a goal and a dream to accomplish? No, I didn't. I didn't think it to this level, you know, the passion that I have for, you know, like selling personal care products to people is cool. But, you know, we feel like we have like we're not like just a, a company with a mission, but we're a mission that just so happens to be a company. Mm-hmm. So we like are very intentional about helping and have an impact, like whether it's putting on workshops for other minority entrepreneurs that just don't have the information or resources to to, you know, thrive in this space, uh, we do that. Uh, whether it's, you know, activations or um, uh, community service events like Haiti, where we have, a, uh, like, there's opportunities when disaster hits where our product is great use. Oh, yeah. You don't have water. Mm-hmm. Uh, when people don't have access to clean water, they, they can use our product to clean up. So we've been in Flint, Michigan. We've been in Haiti. Uh, as of recently, Houston. We've been in Uganda um, with John Hopkins Hospital. So we've been in a number of these places where we've been able to say, oh, man, we've been able to help and change people's lives mm-hmm. uh, and even the homeless uh, communities here with our with our products, uh, with our Shower to the People campaign. And then Free Play is another initiative, our mission of ours, where we see youth sports athletes that have been priced out uh, of sports. So this day and age, I wouldn't have been able to play in some of these youth sports uh, activities because – I just couldn't be able to afford, mm-hmm. like, the travel and some of the other resources that you need to play. So we sponsor kids, and we give them equipment. We give them money in order to allow them to, to chase their, their their dream in sport. That's awesome. So uh, those things like that, like, it's like, man, 
That's yeah. That's much bigger than just the cleaning products yes, that you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. That's just a vehicle. Like I feel like God has placed this in my hand to carry out what's in my heart, and that's uh, to glorify His yeah. name and uh, to have an impact while I'm here on earth. What yeah. about standing out in a crowded market? This is something that we, mm-hmm. you know, we hear a lot about. How do you go about that? You know, because everybody's got a phone. Every, there's so much attention. It's an attention game. How do you guys stand out? Being yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to stand out trying to be someone else. Like, I can't go out and say I want to be Harry's or I want to be Dollar Shave Club because they have different skill sets. They have different talents. They have different gifts. Like, we stand out because we are uniquely ourselves. Like, mm-hmm. we're radical about serving. Uh, we're minority-owned. Uh, we uh, have great products for this specific consumer that we know and understand and partnerships within this community. We understand the lingo and the needs. So we lean heavy into that. We lean, lean into that heavy. So um, just being ourselves mm-hmm. is what we try to. That's try a great lesson. Man. Amazing. Amazing. Well, Justin, man, we appreciate the time today. Appreciate you. I know obviously we walked through your schedule. You got a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> where, um, where can people find the product? Yeah. Where can the people find you personally? Yeah, yeah. So we find a product, uh, Target, all across the country. We're in Walmart. Um, we are uh, on Amazon and HustleClean.com. Awesome. Go direct. Yeah. Just go direct yeah. to this. I was going to say, it probably great, helps great you. Yeah, help, yeah, helps you more. Uh, yeah. You know, you can go to Target, too. We Target, like Target. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. That's a good partner. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> That's awesome. And then where, you know, where can they find you? So you, you mentioned speaking. And, oh, yeah. and, I've, and I've, I've been there when you spoke. And so any company out there, if you've heard this today, I mean, Justin is as good as there is at, at sharing his testimony but making it relevant to your company. Where, how can they reach out to you? For speaking engagements. Yeah, uh, J4 said on all of the uh, platforms on social media, and then I have a speaking page, a speaking website, justinforsetspeaks.com. Perfect. I love it. Right. We're going to hit you with one more, yeah, one more question. Uh, and But again, thank you, and congrats on number five. Ah, thank I you. will be praying for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. come sure. on, man. We'll be waiting for you guys. When's yeah. the due date? We've been planning a barbecue now for five and a half years. Yeah. We're going to get yeah, it on. Yeah. We're going to actually yeah. make it happen. <laughs> we only see each other at one conference each year, yeah. outside of Texas. <laughs> outside <laughs> outside <laughs> of Texas. We got to go outside of Texas to see each other. Yeah, yeah. exactly. When's, when's the due date? November 23rd. November 23rd. Oh, boom. Oh, right yeah. quick. I forgot. Hey. And you and boy, girl, what, what's going on? No, you know, I got to do a gender reveal here. Oh, sometime okay. Soon. I got an idea. Um, so oh. keep you off. I waited the whole on that thing. Yeah, I know. It was just bad timing. <laughs> it's five. Too mistakes. busy. Dude, it's number five. Dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, last question we ask every guest this, and, and I think you alluded to it earlier, so you may, you may have already answered, uh, but this goes back to your journey. If you could go back to any point in your life and tell yourself one thing, doesn't necessarily mean you go change anything, but if you just go back and just tell yourself one thing, where do you go and what do you say? Ooh, one thing? Sheesh. Uh, Justin, uh, one, you're enough. And then two, boxes are for things, not people. So don't allow anybody to place you in one. I'll screw that mic and drop it. 180 episodes in, best answer we've gotten. Boom. That was awesome. Thank you, man. Oh, yeah. you. Thanks for sharing that. Appreciate you. Love you, brother. Love you too, and man. All the best. Yeah. Hustle Clean, J4 Set. Go get their products. Go support him. And he's... Yeah. As you know, as you get to know him today, man, he's one of the greatest men alive. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Appreciate it.